You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, we're blessed that you're here, and we're blessed, hallelujah, to share the Word of God. Amen. I tell you, I tell you it's, uh, the Lord is doing good things, and uh, praise the Lord. Thank you for all those that have been praying for our moms and stuff. And anyways, my mom is actually scheduled to have surgery this Friday to remove uh, a mass out of her colon, and so... Uh, we're believing for that, and uh, thank God that that's all going to be good, and she's going to come through that with strength and strong, and uh, so I don't know who pushed this back, but we're going to come up there a little closer. I want to be closer to you. There we go. Anyways, um, so amen. So thank you for that, and also, we're just believing God and praying for all of Harvest Bible Church. You know, the enemy, he's trying to raise up his ugly head, and like I said, I had to go back there and, and, and just stir myself up in the subject of healing. And the Lord, I just continue to keep praying, asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to keep going and, and teach on the subject of healing and share with folks and get them. We want to get, take our medicine, you know. Sunday was basically, it's just the word of God is God's medicine. So we're not going to talk about what we think about it. We're not going to talk about what somebody else thinks about it. We're going to let God do all what God says about it. Amen. And um, so that's what we're going to share. We're going to talk, and I'm going to go through 30 things of why it's God's reason to heal. Um, I have a 101 things that God said about uh, healing. I'm not going to get into those or anything yet, or I may not even get into those. But what I want to get into is I want to share truths with you about what God said about it. It's not what everybody else says. You know, we always base the Word of God on our experiences instead of basing our experiences on the Word of God. Amen. And experiences, you know, can be a great teacher. It just costs a lot. It can cost a lot. You know, I mean, experience, boy, I tell you, you know, it can teach, you can learn, and that's great, but it just costs you a lot. And uh, sometimes we learn too late. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalms 107, verse 20. And uh, we're going to read verse 20, 21, and 22. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. and just going to share. And we're going to talk about some things. Then we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, I'm just going to go down the line here. I just really felt like I needed to go ahead and teach you. Uh, you know, this, these notes and everything have, they, they, they go to our school of ministry that we used to have and used to do for many years. And uh, so, but the key is, is really line upon line, precept upon precept. I tell you, if you just get the word of God and you keep hit, hitting yourself with the scriptures, pretty soon you'll start believing what you're hearing and you'll start receiving it, take hold of it. And uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We've got to, not only do we got to hear it, we got to look at it, we got to see it, but we got to begin to act on it. And how many of you know that God honors movement? Which simply means we've got to act on what we believe and we see what it is. So the only way to act on the word of God many times is by speaking the word of God, letting yourself hear it. But here in Psalms 107 verse 20, it says, he sent out his word and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death. The King James Version says, you know, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Amen. Out of all of our troubles. The next verse 21 says, let them praise the Lord for his great love. Isn't it amazing? God loves us so much. And for the wonderful things he has done for them, let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Because God's desire to do something. But the one thing I want you to get is that he sent his word. See, God sent his word. God spoke his word and God understood that his word was powerful. Now go to Genesis chapter one. Go back to Genesis chapter one. 
That's right at the front of your Bible there, Genesis chapter 1. It's the very thing right after all the, you know, all the little things there in front, Genesis chapter 1, okay? Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, nine times God said in Genesis chapter 1, and nine times it was so. So, you know, it's funny, because I'll give you number 30. The 30th reasons why God wants you to be healed is God said so. That's number 30. So that just lets you know. I'm giving you number one and two right now, but I'm giving you number 30 because I may not ever get to there. So, but God said so. And uh, the reason being is because God spoke this, and he knew that we, he gave us a body, but he also knew that Adam and Eve were going to mess up. He knew that there was going to be sin coming to the earth. He knew that there was going to be sicknesses that were going to come into the earth. Amen? Like uh, Alexander Dowie, and I think even D.L. Moody, all this, this is what they said, and D.L. Moody got it from Alexander Dowie. He said this, sickness is the offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. <laughs> I know y'all heard that before, but I just thought I'd help you out again there. But it's from its, fa- its father, Satan, and its, its mother, sin, and sickness is the offspring of that. Uh, because there was never sickness. You know, when God created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam and Eve, and he created all the animals, and he created anything, do you notice what he said at the end of the time before he rested? He said, it is good. It is good. Well, let me just ask you a question. Is sickness good? Come on. It's amazing how many people want to fight you over these like things. And it's just like, listen, is God good and the devil's bad? That's the greatest revelation you're ever going to get in your entire life. Anything that's bad's of the devil and anything that's good's of God. Hallelujah. And if you think you did the good, you're wrong. God did the good. And if you think God did the bad, you're wrong. You did. Period. End of sentence. Get that. Get a revelation of that. That'll help you. But look at verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 26. Amen. And then he said that then God said, let us make human beings or let's make man in our image to be like us or in our likeness. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and all the animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings or God created male and female there in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. Amen. He created them, and here's what God said. God said to them, he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, have take dominion over it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry around along the ground. Then said, look, I've given you every seed, tells them not to do this. And then verse 31 says, then God looked over all that he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Everybody say, very good. And if you read Genesis chapter 1, you'll find out that there is no place, no place where God created sicknesses and disease and said, listen, I'm going to put this on you to teach you. I'm going to let this happen to you so that you'll straighten up. No, there was no problem until Genesis chapter 3 when Satan shows up. Amen. And Adam and Eve didn't have any bad days until... Hallelujah. Glory to God. They sinned. They got afraid. They were fear. Who told you? Who told you you were naked? They were naked and were not ashamed. They didn't, they didn't think anything about it. They did not think anything about it. And then these, who told you that? Well, Satan did, you know. And so what happens is, is that, you know, when we understand the will of God in things and we understand, and people say, well, then why is there? Because there's a curse on the earth because we have an enemy that's right against us and Satan wants to kill still and to destroy. Amen. 
He wants to do that. He wants to cause sickness and disease. He wants to do these things here. You know, and if God wanted sickness or disease to be a part of his plan, that he would have created it. But he didn't. He created everything good. Now, if you remember, so see, so, you know, that's, that's, that's the second reason, one of the biggest reasons. When you look at creation, you look at when God created us, he created us, hallelujah, without it. And he created it, you know, for us, amen, a great thing that was good. Now, now let's look at, now that's the Genesis chapter. Now, if you go over to Matthew, go over to Matthew chapter 6 with me. Hopefully you brought your Bibles. If you didn't, that's okay. We're going to still go through the Word of God. We're going to show you in the Bible because that's what we want to do. We want to tell you what God said. Everybody else wants to always tell you what happened to Aunt Susie, Uncle John, their mom, their dad, their cousin, their brother. And I can tell you all those different things too, but it doesn't do away with the Word of God. Amen? And so what it got, but here's what God said in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, hallelujah, verse 9, <clears throat> amen? He said this, for us, he said, he said, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, he told us to pray that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can talk to anybody, you can talk to sinners, you can talk to people who don't even, even actually believe in God, and they said, listen, if you did believe in God, do you think there's any sickness in heaven with God? They'd all say No. Nobody believes that because the Bible says in Revelation that he wipes away all tears, that there is no sickness, there is no curse, there is nothing but blessedness there. And he told us to pray that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's will has to be that we be well and whole. That when sickness does come, we get healed of it because he put healing in our body. Amen? Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but you've got to get stirred up and you've got to understand that because the enemy wants to lie to you. Amen? He wants to come in and try to deceive you. He wants to get you to understand what, you know, well, yeah, but you caused it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But thank God he sent his word and he delivered us from death. Thank God he sent his word and delivered us out of all of our stupidity. Amen. Amen. We've all done dumb things. We've all, you know, gotten all hot and sweaty and went out onto a cold night and and didn't cover our head or didn't do the right things and, and, and got a cold. And then we blamed the devil and it wasn't even his fault. Or we ate, you know, five pounds of chocolate, you know, this day here, and then the next day we didn't feel too good, and we're trying to blame the devil on something. No, it wasn't the devil's fault either. Come on. I mean, junk in, junk out. You mess yourself up. Don't be, you know, we look at things, but here's the thing about it. Thank God God sets us free from us. Amen? Now, go with me, if you would, over to Romans chapter 5. Go to Romans chapter 5. I want to get some scriptures in you that will help you to understand that there's an enemy that's already... Listen, I'm not going to let the devil off the hook that easy, okay? Because he is. He's coming to kill, steal, and to destroy. But we need to understand he's the one that caused it. Well, actually, Adam caused it. The devil caused it by tricking Eve. But then Adam, he didn't take authority. He didn't take dominion. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. And so because of his sin, sickness and disease entered into the, into the realm that we have here. So in, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, it says this. And when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So that death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. End of sentence. Sin brings sickness, okay? 
that we live on an earth that's cursed. We live on an earth that has all of these goofy things that are around it and stuff. And we need to understand that sickness is a manifestation of spiritual death. It's a manifestation of what goes on, of what happens in that. Hallelujah. When, when you understand that, you also understand that mental oppression, poverty, anything that has to do with what the enemy's doing is a manifestation of spiritual death. What do I mean by spiritual death? It's a separation from God. So we're not spiritually dead people. We are alive unto God, people. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. That, that was broken. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean the enemy doesn't try to come. That means he doesn't try to come and bring things. Glory to God. But we need to remind him, wait a minute, we've been set free from the law of sin and death. And what God has said in his word, we can partake of his word. And when we partake of his word, God does great things for us. It's faith in his word. Amen. And God's not a respecter of persons. You know that. Remember in Acts, it talks about in Acts chapter 10, I think verse 34, God is of no respecter of person. Remember Peter went down to Cornelius' household to preach to them, and it was unlawful for a Jew to go into a Gentile's home, but he goes there. Cornelius is a, is a, is a you know, he's a, he's a Roman officer there and everything. He's of the Italian band. He's got this. He's a good guy. He's been praying. He's been given alms, and so he goes in, and as Peter opens his mouth to preach, the Holy Ghost fails. They get all filled with the They get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, all in one whack. And then what does Peter's first word say? He said, God is no respecter of persons. I think God's going to accept these folks. He just did something just like he gave to us. He gave it to them. Because he's reiterating that, you know, in Acts chapter 15 when he got called on the carpet in front of the, all of the people there and said, hey, you went to Gentiles. Yeah, but I took all these guys. And listen, while I was just talking, the power of God fell and the Holy Spirit fell on them like it did on us on the day of Pentecost. And they all spoke with tongues. And what was I to do? God did it. They said, well, I guess God did it. We'll have to accept him. Amen. But we see this. But he said, God is no respecter of person, which means is that if God ever healed anybody, he'll heal everybody. Isn't that the wonderful thing in Matthew chapter 8 when the leper comes down and he meets Jesus and he says, Lord, if you will or if you want to, you can heal me. That's what he said. And what did Jesus say? Uh, it's not, not your day. <sighs> it's not a good time right now. I'm just coming down. I just got some things. It's not a good time. No, what did Jesus say? He said, I will be thou clean. And that word, I will, you look it up in all those things there, and it actually comes across that Jesus said, it would be my pleasure. You know, it's God's pleasure to heal you. It's God's pleasure when you believe him and you trust him. Regardless of what anybody else thinks or says, you know, because people are going to look at you, they're going to act, they're going to come against you, they're going to be real mad at you. Amen. You see this because see when we when we see this in Romans chapter five, we see this is what happened when Adam messed up. I mean, he messed up and caused all kinds of problems. But aren't you glad if you keep reading in Romans chapter five? Hallelujah. You know, as we, and when we get down, you know, to uh, <clears throat> about the 17th verse, it's actually really cool. You know, it, you know, it, it tells you here in 17 and 18, go down to Romans 5, 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace 
and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through the one man, Jesus Christ. I like what the King James says, you will reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? But you will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. We were sinners, we were under Adam's curse, but we're not under his curse anymore. We've been born again. We are under the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, amen? Hallelujah, we've been set free. The law of the sin, of, you know, uh, uh, the law of sin and death, hallelujah, glory to God. We, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set us free from that. Amen? We got to grab a hold of those things here and to believe. Listen, people are going to fight you. I've had people fight me more about healing than just about anything else because people get really, really upset because every one of us has had, had a loved one die from some kind of sickness or disease. Or every one of us have watched, even as our parents got older or different things are taking place, that we've watched you know, just the enemy rob them of their health. Come on, we do. You know, and uh, uh, you know, the problem is, is that that's why we get frustrated. But listen, the Bible tells us we've got to work out our own salvation for us. We need to take hold of what God's speaking to our heart. Amen? I mean, we see this. We see that how it came in here. But lest you blame Adam for everything, you got to understand the devil was there to trick, and he's a deceiver. I mean, come on. Let me just share something with you. The devil talked one-third of the angels out of heaven. Come on, folks. It's perfect. He's created it perfect. He's in the, the, the choir. He's got, I mean, he's one of the three archangels that are up there and everything. And he taught, I mean, it's perfect. Everything, there's nothing. Everything's perfect. And he talks about one third of the angels to rebel. He's pretty good. I hate to say anything good about him, but he's, he, you know, he got some deception going on. But, you know, he got kicked out of heaven by the finger of God. They all blew it. And they all know it. And every one of them knows that God is God. But they don't believe it. They can't. They're not doing it. They're not receiving, you know, the Lord Jesus or anything there because they can't. Because they sinned when there was nobody trying to deceive them in sin. We sin because there's a deceiver. So therefore, but we've got a, a savior. We've got an advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do you think after we rapture out of here, then we come back with Jesus, he's on the earth for a thousand years, then Satan is loosed some more because there's going to be people born naturally and there's going to be people and they've never had anybody messing them up. So Satan's going to come out and cause them to be deceived. They're going to be in a perfect place and a great things to do and stuff and then Satan's going to come and cause them to rebel because it's just in our nature if it doesn't get born again. Amen. But we can't. We're not going to be deceived. We already have our glorified bodies. We'll already be doing things with Jesus. We're going to be having a fun time. And we're, but we're, we're going to be just, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the opportunity to go, see how dumb that guy? I can remember me being that dumb. I'm glad God assigned me to him. I can, I can relate. <laughs> see, all of the dumb things you did, you're going to have somebody for a thousand years, you're going to get to take care of them because they ain't going to die for a thousand years. It's going to be fun to watch yourself. You might, you know, maybe even be something. Now I'm not even going to go there. Okay. Anyways, hallelujah. 
you know, <laughs> let, let me give you some scriptures here that'll just help you about, about some things here. Uh, you're there in Romans chapter 5. It was really, go, go back to Acts chapter uh, 10. Go back to Acts chapter 10 because this is where he said there's no respecter of persons. But also, I want to read you later on in that chapter. He says something really cool because in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, you're going to know that God anointed Jesus. Acts 10, 38 says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The Bible calls oppression, you know, was from the devil. The devil is the oppressor. He's the one that brings things on. Amen. You know, John 10, 10 says, but the thief comes, but not just, but to steal, kill and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Aren't you glad that the same anointing that's on Jesus is the same anointing that's upon you and I? If that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you. So that same anointing, that same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in, it's going to quicken your mortal body. It's going to make you alive. You know, and, and that's, that's what we, we need to understand and know that God, but notice that it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Aren't you glad that Paul said it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he said, he that has anointed us is God. Guess what? God anointed them. God anointed you and I. The same anointing that was on Jesus is the same anointing that's on us. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit. Amen? It's the same anointing. It's the same spirit. It's things that we can grab a hold of. See, sickness is a work of the devil. Remember what 1 John 3, 8 says? It says this, you know, in the King James Version, it says that the Son of Man, or that Jesus was made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And we know that the works of the devil is sickness, it's disease, it's, it's poverty, and it's second death because it's the curse of the law. And the Bible says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen? We've been redeemed from the curse, which means we've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and second death. And, and you got to stir your heart because, you know, listen, all of us, you know, can get attacked. We get attacked, and sickness is going to come, but it can't stay. See, no weapon formed against you can prosper. It can't prosper. It doesn't say it won't be formed. It just says it can't. No weapon formed against you can prosper. And it says, but then here's the other thing. The very next verse in there, this is something that for, for if you want to get well and you want to stay well and you want to rise up and come against the enemy, you need to understand Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn, including your own tongue. Because, you know, just your, your first response doesn't have to be your last response. I don't care what kind of report do you want to do. You know, Isaiah, what? Isaiah 53 says, whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen? Whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen? You got to grab a hold of that. See, he says, you know, every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, they're passing judgment. You have an incurable disease. I'm going to pass judgment on you. God's the only one that can declare what's incurable and what's not. Leprosy was incurable. And God didn't think it was incurable. And the leper who went to Jesus said, if you want to, you can heal me. Now, I don't know if he got all his body parts back, but we know about the 10 lepers 
that came to Jesus. Jesus said, go and show yourself. And then one came back. And then Jesus said, well, where's the other nine? Aren't they all where they are? Well, and this one, this one here who's a Samaritan came back to give him. He said, not only are you healed, but you're made whole. Every body part, everything, every nose that's fell off, ears and whatever it is, you get all brand new. Because he came back to give glory to God. Remember what we read in Psalms 107? He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their death out of from destruction. And they began to praise and to worship God. And they began to give thanksgiving for the good, th- good things that God did and what God will do. See, you've got to stand up and you've got to say, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to live and not die. And I'm going to declare the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. See, the enemy wants to come and he wants to rise up. I mean, that's the first thing he does, that when something happens, you've got this, you've got that. Look at this. Oh, you're having a heart attack. Oh, you've got this. Oh, you've you've just destroyed your back or you've hurt your leg or you've got this. And oh, look, and he he wants, he brings all kinds of accusations. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when I was born, I was born with both of my hip sockets out of place. So uh, they, they put me in a brace, and I had a bar stuck between. I had these special shoes, and so I, I had to sit down and be like this till I was three years old. And so I could beat anybody up with my bar. So my <laughs> older brother Moses said they had to be careful, you know, because when I was born, I was born, I weighed nine pounds, eight ounces when I was born. Yeah, I was a horse, okay? God bless my mama, hallelujah. That's why I love my mama so much, okay? I was the biggest out of all my brothers and sisters, okay? Uh, you know, it's a serious thing here. And so, uh, and, and, uh, but anyways, so, um, but then I, you know, once I did that, I learned how to walk and I learned how to do really good things. But then when I was ninth grader in high school, I had a thing called Hodgkin Slaughter's disease where the bone below my knee actually grew faster than the rest of my body. And so I could hardly walk. You could just tap me right there and I'd fall on the ground. And so from my summer of my sophomore year to my junior year, three months, I grew six inches. That's terrible. That hurt. It was hard. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, because you can imagine, I mean, me six inches shorter as a sophomore and then coming back six inches taller as a, as a junior. When I went back to my old high school, they're like, dude, who are you? I said, yeah, I know. I can't. I just laid around all summer just like, okay, here I am. <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> you know, and uh, but uh, yeah, I still have that. I mean, I'm supposed to be at least two or three inches taller than I am. You know, my, I have cousins that are 6'11", 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". You know, I have a lot of tall cousins, okay? And uh, I happen to be the tallest in my family, though. But the reason I share that with you is that your, your body and things, you know, the enemy, he wants to tell you you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to, to run, play, do what you need to do. And uh, all of you know what I run and play and do and what I do now and what I like to do, you know, I enjoy it. I, I do. I, I just, I love sports. I love activities. And I share that not to brag on me because I didn't know anything at that. those times. I was just saying, I'm going to do what I need to do because I'm going to have fun. Nobody else is going to have fun without me. I'm going to have fun. So I'm going to get better. And no matter what was said over me, you know, it's funny because when you hear your parents talk or you hear things say, well, this is what they're going to say. This is what you're going to do. And I was like, no, that's not going to be. I didn't know how to, that I, I just knew that I was going to have fun because they kept, what they were saying is you're not going to be able to do this. They get to, yeah, but you can't. I can too. Watch me. And I did it. They said, well, you're not going to be, I said, watch me. 
I see, I was too terrified that I wasn't going to have fun, so I, I just drove myself to that. You've got to take authority over the words that are spoken. No matter what the doctor says, no matter, listen, we listen, we go, and we look at things, but the doctors are going to tell us what is natural, but we're going to declare what is spiritual and what is supernatural. Amen? There's an enemy that's arrayed against us. We see this. We see the enemy that's always trying to array itself against us, but we need to understand that God established a covenant. And if God established a covenant, he doesn't change his covenants. Because remember Exodus 15, 23 and 26, God said that I am the Lord that heals thee. I'll bless you, you know, you, you know you, I'll bless your bread and I'll bless your water and I'll take sickness away from the midst of you and the number of your days you shall fulfill. God gave us some things about it. And if there was a healing covenant in the Old Testament and we've got a better covenant, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6 says that we've got a better covenant established upon better promises. So if healing was under the old covenant, it's got to be a better healing under the new covenant. Amen? See, we look at these things, and all I do is I'm just going to share what the Bible says. It's not about, well, yeah, but I tried that or I did. I, I know that. Everybody's tried it. Everybody's, how many of you know it doesn't work by trying? It works by trusting, and it works by having faith to believe. And Lord, I just trust you, and I'm going to believe you because this is what your word says. So I'm going to continue. I, I remember this, Brother Hagin saying this, this about his healing when he was sharing it. He said, it's funny. He said, because people always ask me, well, what would have happened if, if, if nothing would have happened? What would you have done if Mark eleven twenty three and 24 didn't work? He said, I'd still be in that bed declaring that I'm healed and I'm whole and that Mark eleven twenty three and 24 works. He said, I was shocked at how fast that it worked when I finally got in faith. Because he said, when I was saying, Lord, I believe Mark eleven twenty four that says, therefore, what things have you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I said, Lord, I believe that. And I, you know that I believe it. I believe that I, I want a well body. I got to be healed of this incurable blood disease. I've got to be healed of, of, of all the stuff that's not working on the inside of me. And you've got to recreate and you've got to do some things here. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to him and says, yes, you do believe, but you do believe as far as you know. And he said, okay, Lord, I want to know more so I can get up out of here. What do I need to know? He said, the last part of that verse works the same. The last part of that verse is what you've got to have, grab a hold of. He said, what do you mean? Therefore, what things have you desire? You're desiring, you want to be well, you want to get up, you want to do things. That's great, you do believe that. But it says, what things have you desire when you pray? You've prayed, believe that you receive them. Problem is, is you don't believe you receive because you're still sitting here laying, you're making all the right confessions, but you have no actions. He said, well, Lord, I'm, I'm changing that right now. I believe I receive. He said, well, if you believe you receive, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. All well people should be up at 10 o'clock in the morning. Unless you're not a night, you know, you're not a morning person, then 11 or 12 works for you. But, so, but oh, you know, usually most folks are up at 10 o'clock in the morning. And he'd been laying on back, on, you know, he'd been, they had to turn him on sheets. He could not, he couldn't even move. He'd been bed fast for 16 months. But you know what he did? He said, okay, let's try. So he began to try. He said, I just moved myself and I finally just pushed my legs over on the side. He said, then I just grabbed hold of the post and I just limped. And I, he said, it felt like a thousand needles were going through. He said, it hurt so bad, but it felt so good because I hadn't even felt from my hips down. I hadn't felt anything in 16 months. He said, but in a matter of 15 minutes, I was standing up holding on to this thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
And he said, you know, I began to praise the Lord. He said, I didn't tell anybody. The next day, I got to stand up for another 30 minutes. And then I got back into bed. And then the next day, I got up and I stood up and I got to walk around for about an hour. And then the next day, I told my mama, put my clothes out. I want to come to the breakfast. And mama said, son, you can't even move. He said, mom, just put the clothes out. I'm going to come to breakfast at 7.30 in the morning. And that morning he got up and he came to breakfast. And the only thing that was said from his grandpa was, is the dead raised? He said, yep, the Lord's raised me up. Let's do it. And then they ate. And he got out and he sat on the porch there for a little bit. Then he went back in there. And he went back in there. And he went back into his room. And he being sat down in a chair and he was just so happy. And, and all of a sudden, the, word of, you know, the devil spoke to him and said this. And said, it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And God's raised you up now. But today, you shall surely die. And it was a supernatural voice. I mean, it's just the room was like, so he sat there from, you know, eight o'clock and seven, eight o'clock in the morning till one o'clock in the afternoon waiting to die because he thought God raised him up. But now today's God's supernatural voice that God spoke to him said, you're going to die. So he just sat around waiting to die while his Bible's right underneath his chair. And then all of a sudden, another voice that spoke from the inside, it wasn't near supernatural, said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Psalms 91, 16, with long life will I, you know, give to you and show you my salvation. And he thought, I wonder where that's at. wonder where that thing's at. Because he didn't know the Bible. He had just been, he started reading in the New Testament because he thought he didn't have very much time. So he skipped the old. He said, we're going to start in Matthew, you know, and uh, we're going to get, because I don't have much time. I might die before I get this far. So let's just do the new. He goes, I figured, had enough sense to know the Maybe the new took care of the old, so that was good. And then when he finally took his Bible, and he began to look around, and he found it. And then he got up, and he jumped up, and said, Satan, that was you that said, I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. And I'm going to declare the works of God. And, of course, we know the rest of the story. Amen. But, you know, many people don't understand that there's three or four times in his life that he actually death fastens itself to his body because he didn't do right. And he was dying because he knows. He said, I've been dead before. I, my body has left. I went to heaven. You know, he did several times. And so things that he was taking. But he, you know, the enemy wants to come and bombard us. And we think that, well, you know, that, well, if, you, if, you, if I'm healed or if I walk in great divine health, I'm not going to have any problems. No, you're going to have a lot more problems. You're going to have a lot more opportunities to stand. But you're going to believe and you're going to win every single time because you found out the covenants of God. You found out that one of the names of God is he's, he's you know, the Lord God, you know, Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord that heals you. I mean, why would that be one of his name if it wasn't for something he wanted to do in our lives? Amen. And I share those stories or I share things because it builds our faith, but it gets us to understand, you know, here it is. You know, we, we see that, you know, I mean, for those of you that don't know about Brother Higgins, he's my spiritual father, and, and he's been in heaven since 2003, but he had three things. He had two incurable diseases, plus other things that were going on with him. I mean, he had a deformed heart, he had an incurable blood disease, and he had all other kind of things that he was born without a lot of other stuff in, inside, and yet God created a whole new miracle for him. And I know God called him, and God raised him, and there was a lot of things to do. We all understand that, but you know what? God's no respecter of persons. Amen? And the enemy's always going to try to get you to side in with, the, with the, you know, the, the report of the enemy instead of the report of the Lord. And you got to say, God, here's what they say, but here's what you said. And I'm going to believe your report. I'm going to believe what you do. Because, Father, you said in Galatians 3.30, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen? I've been redeemed. 
Aren't you glad you've been redeemed? And if you don't know what redemption is or what it means to be redeemed, it means you've been bought, you've been purchased. You no longer have to go through that. Glory to God. You get a get out of free jail card. Amen. Or get out of jail free card. Hallelujah. That's what you get. You get to get out of that. You get to take hold and say, glory to God, I've been set free. And I'm so glad that Deuteronomy 28, when they, when they were writing that, they said, if there's any other disease or any other sickness that's not written in this book, because so, they knew that we were going to find a whole bunch more, you know, about a whole bunch. He said, it doesn't matter. You've been redeemed from that too. Amen. Taking hold of the word of God and saying, this is what God's word says. Yes, we, we, we want to get this in people. We want to believe. We want to help. We want to do. But glory to God. Thank God for redemption. Thank God for what Jesus did. I mean, he didn't get beaten and bruised. I mean, when you read uh, Isaiah 53. In fact, let's just go over there. Let's just look at that. Let's close on that. That's just a cool thing. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53. Verse 1, and we're going to read down to verse 10. Because when all the bad things were happening to Jesus in the natural, God laid upon him our sin and our sickness. You know, that he was beaten and bruised, but God laid upon him. God laid upon the sin and the sickness that we had. I mean, man, you, you talk about the beating and the things was nothing compared to the spiritual weight that he was carrying. He says this, who has believed our message or who has believed our report? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. Now, we know that, right, from, from Nazareth, remember, uh, there, and because uh, he went to the city of Nazareth, and you know, they looked at him and said, he, Jesus got up and he began to preach us. Man, who, who does he think he is? Okay. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Joseph? I'm not Joseph. Isn't this Jesus? Isn't what is going on? He's like, we know, we know his brothers, his sisters out here. I mean, and the Bible says they scorned him. They did not like, where did he get all this wisdom? Who does he think he is? Because they didn't receive him. They didn't honor him. They didn't even honor that because what he was saying was supernatural. They knew that, but they were like, but we know you, we know you, you know, you, you grew up here. Remember what the next verse says, and when it says that uh, he could there, in the King James, he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. He couldn't do any mighty work there. Why? And he marveled, the Bible says he marveled at their unbelief. It's because they knew him after the flesh. See, we don't get to receive from people because we don't, we don't honor, we don't respect, we don't allow the word of God. And it's amazing how many people don't honor the word of God. You know, we talk about this, we read this, we talk about all these, and I give you scripture after scripture after scripture. Like I said, I can give you 101, just sit here and read it to you. You know, that's, that's a lot of scriptures, you know, concerning things that God said about it. Just what God said. It's a cool thing. But let's keep reading here. It says, and we know nothing. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with deepest grief. Amen? Hallelujah. In, in the New Living Translation. But in there, it talks about that, uh, it keeps going where he says this, we, he turned our, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried and it was our sorrow that weighed him down. You know, in the King James Version, it says he bore our pains and he carried our sorrows. If you look at that, it says he bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Because Isaiah, over, not Isaiah, but when you look over into Matthew chapter 8, 17, it says, 
says that this is what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, so that it might be fulfilled, that himself bore our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. So it gave us in the interpretation of, of Isaiah 53, verse 4. Amen? Hallelujah. But also he carried our sorrows too, amen, that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God. And that's where 99% of the people get, hey, see, God did this. No, God didn't do it. We thought his troubles were a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's keep reading. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a, led like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants. And his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. And when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied because of his experience my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all their sins I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death he was counted among the rebels he bore the sins of many and he that went what was in, in, and interceded for the rebels amen Isaiah was written, what, 400 years before or 500 years before Jesus was ever crucified. And the cool thing about the book of Isaiah is it ties into every other book of the Bible. I mean, I love this about this. I always share this with you because it's so, God is so amazing. This, this, this is the only book that we have in its entirety from its original form of thousands and thousands of years ago. It's encased in glass. It's in Jerusalem. It's in there. You can see it, and it's all there. And it's verbatim to the King James Version of the Bible, if you look at it and see. But it's so incredibly wonderful, because we just read something out of Isaiah 53 that was that Isaiah spoke about what happened. And we all know what happened, because we read about it in the New Testament. Amen? But we see that it pleased God. It, Lord, it was God's good plan to crush him. Man, I tell you, my, my Jesus is so amazing. He is so awesome. He's so wonderful. Hallelujah. And he is the one that brought all of us into him. That's what Hebrews says. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He suffered the shame for me and for you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, for dying on the cross, for being beaten, for taking, hallelujah, taking my sickness, taking my disease, taking my sin, and bearing all that for me so that I might be redeemed, that I might be able to walk in health and in healing. Oh, you're so amazing. You're so wonderful. Oh, I love you, love you, love you. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. When Jesus hung between, between heaven and earth for the whole world, he died for the sins of the whole world. He took upon him the sickness and disease for the whole world. He did, if they want to believe in him. Lord, we honor you tonight. 
Father, we ask that you just lead people to you. Father, if there's anybody watching this service tonight, we're talking to the body of Christ, but we're talking to people about how good our God is, how great our God is, how awesome our God is. He is a mighty God. He's a wonderful God. Lord, thank you for that. Because he, he, he already did all that he's going to do concerning our sickness and our disease and our sin. It's all in Jesus, and it's all covered with the blood. Father, we honor you for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your health. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.